Welcome to the Church and Meaning, baby. Sisters, welcome to the Church of Meaning. Welcome, one and all, to the Church of Meaning. What a beautiful feeling. Raise your hands to the ceiling and say, Hallelujah! Ow! What up, you beautiful creatures? How are you all doing tonight? Welcome to the MAZ. Welcome to the Church of Meaning, baby. And tonight we're here to answer one important question. What do you mean by God? What do you mean by God? What does God mean to you? Let me know where you're coming from tonight and let me know the answer to that question. What does God mean to you? What do you mean by God? Easy questions only. At the Church of Meaning. Happy Sunday, everybody. What up, Davey G? What up? RTS, what up, Chris Erlen? What up, MH Digital Web? Miss Superconductor, Sheila D613. We've got a lot of beautiful people in the building tonight. We've got Luke. We've got YouTube Hero Alex. We've got Bradford White. We've got Spagandi. We've got Sidra Tej. We've got Aurora. We've got Full Killer 3644. We've got Indigenous Indigo. Richard Young. BBZZ. Michael in Seattle. we got so many fine people in the house. So many fine citizens in the MAZ. Hey. Just Lynch in New Jersey's here. We got Flash L Road coming in from Oregon. We got Richard Cameron saying woot woot. We got Calais in sunny South Korea, baby. What up? Shouts out to South Korea. Andrew St. John starting off nice and light. God is water. Hey, thanks. There you go. There you go, there you go. Andrew St. John wasn't scared to get after it. Was not scared to 
put out that get out there and answer the big questions. <laughs> hey, welcome everybody. Glad glad you're here. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Did you get your notifications today? Did Susan send you the notification? Or did you get it off of uh, YouTube Hero Alex in the Discord? Well, however you found your way here today, baby, don't worry, we're going to have an incredible show. We're having an incredible show today. We're doing a very special Meaning Wave set that's going to uh, answer these big-ass questions. Or at least ask them. Meaning Wave, Church of Meaning Wave, Meaning Wave University, the whole thing. This is like a link-up between the burgeoning Meaning Wave University and the Church of Meaning, I guess. What's cracking, everybody? We got Meaning Babes in the house. What up, Meaning Babes? got trouble charger niagara falls ny what's up miss superconductor got a notification nick mayaga no vat that creative force that allows all others to exist and spring forth that's god stephen clements god is the principle that brings meaning to all that is which does not have inherent meaning in itself ow pixie oxland nz hope the reasons to move forward john hansen says love your nice one we got Grant J. Portland rapping and I bump Akira daily. That's because you smart. Shouts out to all the smart people. Arden Cobb, the unmoved mover, the motherfucking third Cohen brother. Yeezy, the greatest possible being whose existence informs all modality. The oldest G. Yo, the uppercase G. Bless up. Spagandy coming at you from Fla Fla, aka Florida. Yes, yes, 749. Chicago is still the number one city for meaning wave on earth. Shouts out to that place. We got Sinbad B in Southampton, UK. I used to live in Southampton. Well, I lived close to Southampton. I had an indie disco at Southampton. Uh, join us. Once upon a time when I was about 18 or something, I, I had my own indie disco. I think it ran for three weeks. It was short lived, but it was epic. I played Mogwai Fear Satan in full uh, to, a, to a not that packed dance floor. It was brilliant. Uh, we got Jason Fortune, Mystical Plains of Kansas in the house. We got Case, Smoky Colorado, uh, Multiverse Media Space also in Fla Fla says to me, God is the consciousness of universe themselves. Getting after it. Getting after it. That's right. Uh, we got Caroline H in Caliente Fornia. What up, Caroline H? We get Andre St. John when shit is hard. That's God. Roberto Sanchez says, God is the I am. Simba B says, yes, Akira. What's up, baby? We got Chris Olin in Rochester, NY. Yo, Flasher Rose says, the Hindu, therefore, is saying everybody is God. That's what Alan Watts says. Crafty Craft, I successfully moved to Texas this weekend, following in the footsteps of the great ATD. God bless America. Yeah. Hey, what's cracking? That's epic. Whereabouts did you move to? Oh, wait a minute, some people moved in next door. Was that you? Did you just move in next door? Is that you? Right, that'd be funny, huh? That'd be hilarious. Uh, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Uh, Phil Killer 3644, South Carolina. God is recognizable but unknowable. Based. Stephen Clements. God is the principle that brings meaning to all that is, which does not have inherent meaning in itself. I read that already. That's because it was important to read. Yes, it was. We got Alex Swanson in the Skagit Valley, Washington, the Godhead. Yo, Richard Cameron's in the building, says it's raining in Tabho, New Zealand. That doesn't stop it from being a beautiful day. Some might say it adds to it, baby. The sound of the rain needs no translation. Yes, yes, we got Queensland, Australia in the house. Andrew Pillman's in the house. 
Dan Frank's in the house, 5,280 5, feet high. God is me. Get after it, baby. Alex Swanson. Uh, we got Matt Carter in the house. We got YouTube Hero Alex in the house. What does YouTube Hero Alex say? What does he have to add to the conversation? He says, smash that like, share that stream, share link that on the socials. Stream. Yes! That's what God would say. Hey, Crafty Craft, Midland, Texas. Sadly, not close to Dripping Springs, but I will be at the first gig you do when the world opens up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Can't wait to see you there, baby. Flashes in the house. Loot and chicken shops. Getting after it. Glenn Dense. Super waves. You know, I got in, uh, I got an Uber today. Yeah, we went for dinner. It was very nice. We very rarely do anything like that, but we did. We got, we went and got dinner. And uh, we got an Uber to get there, you know, because we still ain't got cars out here in Texas. Our driver it just, like, launches into talking about how Joe Rogan's moving to Texas. I thought, how serendipitous, I thought to myself. Just thinking, you know, I didn't say anything. I just thought, how strange and serendipitous. He just, that guy just followed me on Twitter. Hmm. I just made an album with that guy. I didn't say nothing. I thought, is this a simulation or is it a, or is he a robot? Or is he an angel? Is this an angel driving my Uber? Sent by Baby Jesus and uh, Johnny Cash. Just to let me know everything's cool and just to keep on moving, baby. Just to keep working hard and everything's going to be okay. Probably that. Yeah. BBZZ says, God is the I am. Matt Carter says, Rogan album is legitski. I know, right? It's legitski. That's a very good way of putting it. Legitski. Yo, I gotta tell you, this new album I'm working on, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. I was working on a track of it today. It is so holy. It is so powerful. Ah. Ah. I disgust myself sometimes, you know? Like, oh my goodness. Glenn Dance in the house says, keep on rooving, rooving, yeah. Uh, Caroline H says, I love God and God loves me. I mean, that's true. That's true. Matt Carter says, new, new, yeah, new, new, new album. Says Pissy Cat, yeah, new album. Yeah, you know we keep it moving, baby. We keep it, m- uh, uh, oh, we keep it M-O-V-I-N-G. And uh, hey, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Uh, you know we keep it moving. <laughs> we keep it moving, and yeah, there's a new album, and uh, I think I'll have it finished this week. It's about 75% done. I've been making great... I did an incredible large amount of work on it last week, which was impressive, considering I was ill, and then I broke my neck, you know. The first song I made last week was this. It was just like a little exercise. It was just a little exercise, you know, and it came out real nice, so it's coming out on Spotify this Friday. <laughs> It wasn't made for any reason at all other than just to make something, you know? Why would anyone do drugs when they could just mow a lawn? Hey. Yeah. Why would anyone do drugs when they could just mow a lawn?
do drugs when they could just mow a lawn. Ah. You know what happens? Was uh, you know I mowed my lawn last week, last Sunday I think. When they could just mow. Now I posted a picture of myself on Instagram with my lawn mower, looking pleased with myself. No, a video, that was it. And lots of people left comments saying things like, yo, put some shoes on. And uh, for someone left the comment, uh, why would anyone do drugs when they could just mow a lawn? And it, it made me laugh my ass off. And I googled it and I was like, oh, that was a Hank Hill quote, of course. And that's so funny because I've been thinking about doing some kind of Hank Hill wave. You know, so I immediately just sampled that little bit of speech and made this tune and I sent it to my homie Ginge. He was my best friend when I was like eight. We used to go rollerbooting together, you know? And uh, he played saxophone all over it like a lord. Listen to that. He says, mowing the lawn doesn't let you see the cosmic circus. Oh, I beg to differ. Why would anyone do drugs when they could just mow a lawn? Yeah. Why, huh? Why? Yeah, that's a good question. But anyway, that was a nice little exercise, and uh, it came out nice, and that's going to be on Spotify on Friday. So there. And uh, then we're moving into new album territories. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, because we keep it moving. We keep it moving. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, John Hansen says, homie sax rocks. That's right. Homie sax. Homie sax. I got my, uh, speaking of my lawn, uh, if anyone, you all saw my stories today, I got a, a water distribution device, you know, a water distribution device to help me uh, get my lawn all nice. Everyone's got these messed up lawns around here, right? Because Texas be hot and it be baking the lawns, but I ain't going out like that. No, 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 no. I'm going to have me a beautiful lawn. I ain't going to have no, like, half-burnt lawn. No, 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 no. No, no, no. So I got a water distribution device that attaches to the hose. It's very magical. And then it uh, it creates giant sheets and arcs of water. And distributes that water across one's uh, lawn. You know? It's very nice. So I got that rocking. So you just you watch, baby. I'm going to get me a nice green lawn. And actually, the activities I've done this week have already led to some new green on my lawn appearing. By the way, out of the desert-looking-ass bit, some little green shoots have been popping up. You know, life wants to live, baby. All life wants to do is to, to, you know, live. Hey, Michael Tabia says, we don't have lawns here in the desert. We've got dirt and rocks and desert plants. Shouts out to all of them. Matt Carter says, Home Depot is your first base. You already know, baby. Home Depot, that's Mecca. That's Meaning Wave Mecca. Hey. Chris says, rocking that sprinkler. You can play in the water, too. Uh, this thing is beyond a sprinkler, baby. This is like a level up from a sprinkler, you know? A sprinkler just be like, you know, shooting in every direction, whichever way, with no, um, you know, no grand design or purpose. Sprinkler is a bit, it's a bit like chaotic, you know. This thing I've got, this is like a, this is like the will of God coming out of a hose. That's what this is. This is the will of the Most Holy coming out of a hose pipe. Yo, I got a hose pipe. I couldn't believe it. 
I wanted to connect my device, right, uh, to the hose pipe. And it didn't come with anything to fit it to the hose pipe. I thought, well, this is a Swiss. But, you know, I'm new to the world of garden devices, you know. There's a whole culture that I'm not aware of. I would just assume that I would buy a water distribution device that would connect to the hose. And it would come with the thing that would connect it to the hose, right? But it did not. I had to buy some other things that connect, uh, that connect the hose to the water distribution device. Do you know what they're called? Quick connect set. That's the technical name for these things. It's a quick connect set. It's not, it's not even like, it's not even a hose quick connect set. It's just quick connect set. That's what they're called. Somehow the hose connection devices got in, got dominance over the whole idea of a quick connect. It's not a computer thing. It's not like a sexy time hookup thing. It's a hose thing. Quick connect is hoses and nothing else. Quick connect is the exclusive system for hose connections, the Quick Connect. I'm so proud to be a part of the Quick Connect world and to have that information, have that knowledge. I do. Sheila D613 says, Akira, I like the photo of you in the thumbnail. Hey, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, I re- we realized, I worked out, that uh, the reason that yesterday's stream, no one got notifications, is because it had a picture from Ghost in the Shell on the stream. I thought earlier this week, I thought, people got to be sick of seeing my face. You know, I'm going to put some other things on the thumbnails of these streams. So I put some Simpsons on there, and I put Ghost in the Shell lady on there, and she had it, was showing a bit of cleavage, you know, because she's a robot. I don't know. She's a robot. She was showing a bit of cleavage. YouTube, in all of its puritanical uh, wisdom, deemed that thumbnail risque and uh, stopped anyone seeing the stream, and it deleted the thumbnail. When I got up this morning, the thumbnail was gone. It just replaced it with uh, an auto-generated still from yesterday's stream. So that taught me a lesson. The lesson is this. Of course people want to see my face. It's lovely. It's a lovely face. And it's not, it's not false advertising. You see the lovely face on the front of the thing, you know that you're going to go inside and see more of the lovely face. And it will play you some good records. So uh, I'm going back to putting my lovely face on the thumbnails of these, these uh, streams. Bye, Joe. So there you go. Uh, Rafa says, Akira, you seem to have lost weight. You need to regain some muscle mass. Don't you tell me what to do. Maybe I'm in, uh, maybe I'm, uh, you know, maybe I'm uh, method. Maybe I'm in method for a movie. Huh? No, I just got rid of all my unnecessary fat. I look great. Without this t-shirt on, I've never looked as good without a t-shirt. How could you? But yeah, next step is Hulk up. Now, the, the, the idea was always get down to zero body fat and then a Hulk up, baby. So yeah, we're, going, we're doing Operation Hulk up next. I'm going to become a burly boy. I might drink a steak milkshake, you know? How about that? Stephen Clements says, a face designed by God. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yo. John Henson says, you didn't buy a power washer by mistake, did you? Nobody buys a power washer by mistake. What are you chatting about? How could you? Jane Doe. What's up, Jane Doe? Says the natural female form is too risque for YouTube. That's messed up. You know what happens, baby. There's always these course corrections. They're like, do you remember like four years ago or whatever? Everyone was just putting boobs in the thumbnail so people would click the thumbnail. So I guess they go, right, other direction. No, any, any, look, you know, if there's any boobs in a thumbnail, that must be spamming or something. And, you know, we won't have that. It's probably that, probably that. I mean, it would be a bit much to assume that there's some kind of like anti-natural female form agenda at play, wouldn't it? I mean, there's no signs of that in the culture, are there? 
I don't see any signs of that. Oh no, none anywhere. I mean, they haven't they haven't been making all the women in comic books look like dudes for the past seven years, have they? No. <laughs> Yo. But we're not here to worry about that here today. We're here to worry about God. And when I say worry, I mean disgust. And when I say disgust, I mean play Meaning Wave Records. We don't worry. Worrying is praying for that which you do not want. Everybody knows that. So without further ado, brothers and sisters, let us get right into it. Let us get right into a very special Meaning Wave live set. Right here on the Meaning Stream. Brothers and sisters, are you ready? If you are ready, and I think you are because we just got 100 people in here, that's perfect. Then make some noise with your blessed wave emojis ringing to the stage to kick off this sermon. Dr. Joseph Kemp. other people's religions. Now I'm going to ask you to put yourself in other people's shoes and have a look at your own as mythology. Hey. As mythology. What is this mystery that makes the human species bow before some sign? What is this mystery that makes the human species bow before some sign of mystery? Nature has said, this is the age of comparison. It works on all levels. And in the realm of what I'm calling mythology, which many people call religions, there are cross-influences operating today that would have been thought impossible a hundred years ago. Furthermore, it's good to recall, to remember, that our cultures and our races are very, very late arrivals in the history of the human species. And we already have very interesting evidence of religious or mythological practices in races long antedating ours. For instance, in the high Alps that were discovered in the 20s in very small caves right below the ice level of the glaciers, little shrines containing the skulls of cave bears now, during the course of the last glaciation, the Wyrm glacial period, those caves were covered with ice. No one could have gone there. And after the time of that glaciation, there were no cave bears in the world. So these little shrines with these cave bear skulls and little fires, 
showing that there have been worship practice there date from 200,000 years ago. Wow. Wow. 200,000 years ago. What is this mystery that makes the human species bow before some sign of mystery? What is this mystery that makes the human species bow before some sign of mystery? What is this mystery? What is this? MAC! What is this mystery? Do you know? Well, tell me if you do, Banjo! has been brought up in some tradition that has its imagery of that mystery. But the point I want to start out with is that in the human heart and in the human mind, no matter what, the race, the culture, the language, the tradition, there is this sense, or at least the possibility of experiencing the sense of a mystery, and an awesome mystery, and a very terrifying mystery, inhabiting the whole universe, the very mystery being itself. And he can these very, very little time very early shrines. We have the evidence of man 200,000 years ago bowing and asking and devoting himself to something in this way of religion which we continue to know in this aspect, that inflection throughout the world today. What is this mystery that makes the human species Joseph Campbell in the house. What is this mystery? What is this mystery? I wonder, I wonder what you would do if you had the power to dream any dream you wanted to. I wonder, I wonder what you would do if you had the power to dream any dream you wanted to. And you would, of course, be able to alter your time sense and slip, say, 75 years of subjective time into eight hours of sleep. You would, I suppose, start out by 
fulfilling all your wishes, you could design for yourself what would be the most ecstatic life. Love affairs, banquets, dancing girls, wonderful journeys, love affairs, banquets, dancing girls, wonderful journeys, gardens, music beyond belief. Music beyond belief. Hey! Music beyond belief. Anyway. I wonder, I wonder what you would do if you had the power to dream any dream you wanted to. I wonder, I wonder what you would do if you had the power to dream any dream you wanted to. Any dream you wanted to. Any dream you wanted to. Any dream you, any dream you, any dream you wanted to. I wonder. this sort of thing at 75 years a night, you'll be getting a little taste for something different. You would move over to an adventurous dimension, where there were certain dangers involved, and the thrill of dealing with dangers. And you could rescue princesses from dragons, and go on dangerous journeys, make wonderful explosions and blow them up, eventually get into contests with enemies. After you've done that for some time, you'll think up a new wrinkle. Forget that you were dreaming. So that you would think it was all for real. And to be anxious about it. Because it'd be so great when you woke up. I wonder, I wonder what you would do if you had the power to dream any dream you wanted. I wonder, I wonder. What you would do if you had the power to dream any dream you wanted to, any dream you wanted to, any dream you wanted to, any dream you, any dream you, any dream you wanted to. I wonder, I wonder what you would do if you had the power to dream any dream you wanted to. And then you'd say, well, hey, like children who dare each other on things, how far out could you get? What could you take? What dimension of being lost, of abandonment of your power, what dimension of that could you stand? You could ask yourself this, because you know you'd eventually wake up. After you'd gone on doing this, you see, for some time, you would suddenly find yourself sitting around in this room with all your personal involvement, problems, That's not what you're doing. Could be. Because after all, what would you do if you were God? I wonder, I wonder what you would do if you had the power to dream any dream you wanted to. I wonder, I wonder what you would do if you had the power to dream any dream you wanted to. Any dream you wanted to. Any dream you wanted to. Any dream you wanted to.
We don't understand the world. Like, I do think the world is, is more like a musical masterpiece than it is like anything else. And things are oddly connected. Now, you know, I know that sounds new agey and it sounds metaphysical. I'm saying bluntly that this is speculative, right? I'm feeling out beyond the limits of my knowledge. I'm not willing to dismiss the mysterious. That's right, the mysterious. I'm not willing to dismiss the mysterious. I've experienced the mysterious. Hey, yo, shouts out to Claire Bettas. And it's her first Holy Communion right now, today. Oh, my goodness. That is mysterious as anything. Mysterious. Yeah. We certainly know that we're bounded by ignorance, and there's far more going on than we know or can know. We do. The problem is, is when you start to speculate, it's a projection of your imagination. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing, because... Knowledge advances through projection of imagination. But the problem is, you can see yourself reflected back at you, and then it's self-fulfilling. And so you can see what you want. The mysterious. The mysterious. I'm not willing to dismiss Mr. Sessa, the mysterious. mysterious. I've experienced the mysterious, mysterious in a variety of different ways. Stephen Clements. It's very, very mysterious. mysterious. Benjamin Gunn. Very, very, Sydney Bailey. Melinda mysterious. Gray. The most ancient ideas we have about the nature of reality are predicated on a certain presupposition. And the presupposition is this. There's two fundamental modes of being that characterize reality. One is the absolute. An absolute is the sum total of everything. So if you think about things in their most unbounded possible form, if you think of things in their infinite number of potential variations, you can think about that as one pole of reality. It appears classically that people have regarded their encounters with the absolute is all those multiple levels of being that are beyond your perceptual capacity as equivalent to an encounter with God. The mysterious. The mysterious. I'm not willing to... 
basis of the Hindu view of the universe and of man. The Hindu looks upon the universe as a drama. The Westerner, of course, looks upon the universe as a construct, as something made. And it is not, therefore, insignificant that Jesus was the son of a carpenter. Who is sitting here right now today? This is the real me, obviously. I'm a very philosophical person. And I'm gonna go there with you real quick. I believe in higher power. Don't know the name, don't know where it's coming from, don't anything like that. This power and visualize me real quick. Let's say it's a man up there or a woman or whatever. And they have a chart. And when you're born, they say David Goggins. Born February 17, 1975 at 6 a.m. They write the chart down because they can see everything. They know exactly where you're fucking supposed to be. They know where you're supposed to be. You die, you go to so-called heaven. You arrive at heaven, I'm 300 pounds. I retired as an eco-lab guy, which is okay. It's just a job, whatever. I go up there and God looks at me and he shows me my chart. And my chart on there says you're supposed to be a Navy SEAL. You're supposed to weigh 185 pounds. You're supposed to be one of the smartest people on the planet. This, this, all this. You see this. And now you're in heaven. You made it to heaven, but you're like, God, God, I'm supposed to live that life. I'm supposed to live that life. And then you find out that the reason why, because we all think that if we pray on it, if we do this, if we do that, whatever, if we don't work, whatever, it's going to magically happen for us. No. No. I believe that when I'm all said and done with, my whole job is to outwork the chart. Whatever the fucking chart says about me, the all-knowing power up there, I want to get hey. up there and hey. look at me and hey. say, I know everything. I didn't fucking see this. I didn't fucking see this. I want to feel that. I know everything. I didn't fucking see this. I didn't fucking see this. I want to feel that. I want to get to the other end of this fucking world and however I'm being judged, whoever's judging me, to look at me and say, I did not fucking know. I, I had you at 185, I had you at this, but all this other shit, I was riding as you were living it. I want to, I want to find more. All I can. And in that fucking sack of shit, you have to dive in that to find more. Because if you're not willing to go in there and face yourself, you're not gonna find anything. You're gonna live right here on surface, man, right here on surface. So if there is an ending to this world and there is somewhere to go and there's a judgment, you're gonna get there and you might see a chart. And that chart may tell you who the fuck you should have been. And now you get the rest of your life to think about that. Man, I could have lived a much better life if I just would have just suffered a little bit more. Just would have went in that shit and realized I had so much more. But fear and the 40 percent living here versus living here, being afraid, stop me. So 
I, I, I'm a big guy in visualizing. I'm a, I'm a big guy in making a world. It may not exist. To me, it does. To me, it does. And I'm, I'm overpowering myself every day. And you gotta find tools to do that. That's the tool that I use. So that's what it's all about. I believe that when I'm all said and done with, my whole job is to outwork the chart. Whatever the fucking chart says about me, the all-knowing power right there, I want to get up there and him look at me and say, I know everything. I didn't fucking see this. I didn't fucking see this. I want to feel that. I know everything. I didn't fucking see this. I didn't fucking see this. I want to feel that. I want to feel that. I want to feel that. M-A-C. I want to feel that. I want to feel that. Oh! Make some noise for David Goggins. All them wave emojis for David Goggins right now, baby. Outwork the chat. Get up there and tell God what's up. What's up, baby? BBZZ, welcome to level one. Shouts out to everybody looked in. Shouts out to everyone inquiring after my neck. My neck still hurts. That's why I ain't moving it so much. You know, it's not moving my body. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, God, for this beautiful neck. Holds up my beautiful head. Grateful to the gods for the bottom of my neck. Don't want. Utopian hey. comfort and certainty. They want adventure and chaos and uncertainty. Human, Human beings, beings don't want utopian comfort and certainty. They want adventure and chaos and uncertainty. Satan. In Milton's Paradise Lost, Satan hey. decides that he can do without the transcendent. And that's why he foments rebellion. It's, it's something like that. And the consequence of that was that as soon as Satan decided that what he knew was sufficient and that he could do without the transcendent, which you might think about as the domain outside of what you know, something like that, immediately he was in hell. Things get large. And then they get too large, and then they collapse. And so, in 2008, when the politicians said, too big to fail, they got something truly backwards. The statement was reversed. It should have been so big it had to fail. Human beings don't want utopian comfort and certainty. They want... Adventure and chaos and uncertainty. Human beings don't want utopian comfort and certainty. They want adventure and chaos and uncertainty. When I read Paradise Lost, I was studying totalitarianism and I thought, you know, the poet, the true poet, like a prophet, is someone who has intimations of the future. Has intimations of the future. 
And maybe that's because the poetic mind, the philosophical or prophetic mind, is a pattern detector. And there are people who can detect the underlying, it's like the that melody of a nation. Machine. Melody is in song. The song of a nation. And to see how it's going to develop across the centuries. You see that Nietzsche, because Nietzsche, for example, in the, around 1860 or so, I mean, he prophesied what was going to happen in the 20th century. He said that, he said specifically that the specter of communism would kill millions of people in the 20th century. It's amazing. Facts. Some people are very good at detecting patterns, you know, when thinkers of that sort. I think he had intimations of what was coming as human rationality became more and more powerful and technology became more and more powerful. Human beings don't want utopian comfort and certainty. They want adventure and chaos and uncertainty. Human beings don't want utopian comfort and certainty. They want adventure and chaos and uncertainty. And then Milton's warning was the rational mind that generates a production and then worships it as if it's absolute immediately occupies hell. what I think the story of the Tower of Babel is about. It's a warning against the expansion of the system until it encompasses everything. It's a warning against totalitarian presumption. And so there's a utopian kind of vision there as well. As we can build a structure that's so large and encompassing that, that, that it can replace heaven itself. And so that the very notion of a utopia was anti-human because we're not built for static utopia. We're built for a dynamic situation where there's demands placed on us and where there's the optimal amount of uncertainty. Hey, human beings don't want utopian comfort and certainty. They want Adventure and chaos and uncertainty. Human beings don't want utopian comfort and certainty. They want adventure and chaos and uncertainty. Human beings don't want utopian comfort and certainty. That's true. They want adventure and chaos and uncertainty. Human beings don't want utopian comfort and certainty. They want adventure and chaos and uncertainty. Make some noise for adventure. Make some noise for chaos. It's the ladder. And make noise for uncertainty, baby. And we got a lot of that. And we know just what to do with it, baby. And we know just what we're here for. Let us consider this problem. The human eye opens at a rather late stage in the development of the individual. He has already done the most marvelous work he will ever do. In a mysterious way, in his mother's womb, he has built a human body. And this body has organs that are directed to certain ends and intentions. 
And these were not the organs designed by reason, designed by consciousness. Reason and consciousness comes to itself and asks later, what is it I'm all about? What is it I am here for? What is it I'm all about? What is it I am here for? Why is it I do this and that? Why is it I do this and that? What is it I'm all about? What is it I am here for? The coming of the eyes into the general biological picture is very late. Life had already originated hundreds of millions of years before eyes opened and saw what was going on. Saw what life was doing. Now if you'll see and think what it is that life does, that life has to do in order to be life, it has to kill and eat other life. That's the basic thing. This is a rather monstrous thing. And when the eyes see what the situation is on which its own life depends, its own existence, when conscience and consciousness become aware of the preconditions of their own existence, there is often a sense of shock, a sense of horror. You know the basic word of Buddhism, all life is sorrowful. That's one way of recognizing this. There is also the feeling many have of guilt simply for being alive. This is, in a way, symbolized in the image of the fall in the garden. Life is monstrous. Joseph Campbell, and when I say make some noise, you know what I mean. 
If you live in the chat right now, drop your wave emojis, you know how we do. And don't forget, we have not yet done the international high five. We asked a big question and you answered what you meant by God and you continue to answer as you continue to mull it over as our speakers come to you with fresh perspectives but right now I want you to join me in an international high five let us bind ourselves together across space and time and bind our energies also so that we may take that power and do something powerful with it Considered what we are here for, let us now consider death. As the Stoics like to do, as Gary V likes to do. So, this is a view of the world as a system of mutual exploitation and of maximal selfishness. Now, it's a very profitable view to explore. should do in their lifetime sometimes lifetime sometimes two things two one things. is to consider, consider death, consider death. Hey. to observe skulls and skeletons consider, consider death, death. Consider and to wonder what it will be like to go to sleep and never wake up never that is a very gloomy thing for contemplation, but it's like manure, just as manure fertilizes the plants and so on. So the contemplation of death and the acceptance of death is very highly generative of creative life. You get wonderful things out of that. And the other thing to contemplate is to follow the possibility of the idea that you are totally selfish you don't have a good thing to be said for you at all. You're a complete, utter rascal. You're a complete, utter rascal. Now, the Christians have avoided this. Because all those they say in their Episcopalian form of confession, that we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep, and we have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. Too much. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things we ought to have done, and done those things which we ought not to have done. And there is no health in us. And there is none. But it ought to be different. And we're going to do our best to amend with the help of God's grace. That is a real con act. If you equate health with genuine love and perfect unselfishness, then in that sense, there is no health in us when we look at ourselves from this point of view. Uh, consider death. Consider death. To observe skulls and skeletons. 
consider death And to wonder what it will be like to go to sleep and never wake up Never consider death To observe skulls and skeletons Consider death And to wonder what it will be like to go to sleep and never wake up taken over by the spirit, you know, the spirit just takes you. Spirit took me, baby. Spirit said, this sub bass must be very loud. It is important. I said, okay. Welcome back to the stage. Join and B. Peterson. Yeah. 
because their pain is so overwhelming that it feels like it will last forever. It's also something that can engulf everyone and has. Is there a metaphysical reality to it beyond that? I suspect so, but I don't know. I think that the heaven-like experience pointers to the way that things could be. And we don't know how things could be if we really got our acts together. We don't know. We spend a lot of time in our fallen condition, wasting time, being resentful, working counterproductively, hurting other people, and cursing fate itself. Even doing all that, we've managed to make societies that are very functional and decent. We spend 100% of our time working towards the good, instead of 50% of our time, or perhaps 51%. God only knows what we can bring about. And the sky's the limit. And then once we reach the limit of the sky, the sky beyond that would then be the limit and so on and so forth and so i think that heaven exists and that we can produce it we can produce it but we're not going to do that by changing the behavior of other people i think that heaven exists and that we can produce it we can produce it but we're not going to do that by changing the behavior of other people. is that both the infinite possibility and the constraint are necessary. Right? They, that's what makes up the genie. It has to be both at the same time. And the idea that 
you know, if you find your genie, you can have your wishes. It's right. You have to really want what you're wishing for. Or you have to make the proper sacrifices to get it. It can't be just some whim. You have to ask for something that you would rather not have. Which is usually wisdom. Somebody asked me about prayer. They asked me if I prayed, and, and I thought, well, it depends on what you mean by that. Exactly. I don't ask God for favors. Or for wishes. Or for wishes. I don't ask God for favors. Or for wishes. I do think that if you sit on the edge of your bed and you ask what foolish thing you're doing to make it worse, that you'll get an answer right now. And it won't be the one you want, but it might be the one that if you listen to would set things straight. I don't think that I've ever been in a situation where... If something wasn't going right for me and I sat and thought, okay, uh, I'm willing to figure out what I'm doing wrong, which is a big thing to think because you never know how much you're doing wrong. It might be something that you really don't want to contend with. But if you clear some space to meditate on that, probability that you'll figure out something that you did that was stupid, that's bending you and twisting you in the wind, you'll get an answer very, very rapidly. I don't ask God for favors. Or for wishes. Or for wishes. I don't ask God for favors. Or for wishes. Or for wishes. And it's not obvious how you do that. No, I mean, it's not like you know how you're manipulating your neurons or something. It, it, happens of its own accord in some sense like you can participate with it I guess and you can interfere with it and it seems to take a certain amount of willpower but it still all happens mysteriously behind the scenes and I would say this sort of attitude towards let's say prayer that we're discussing is just an extension of that it's something like well you admit that there's a problem first and then you ask for the minimum necessary intervention which would be all right well I'd like to move forward on this some small amount that someone like me could actually manage, I'd be willing to carry it out. And then you reorient the way you're thinking as a consequence of that, and something usually pops out of the abyss to guide you. Very strange. But it's not really any stranger than the fact that we can think at all. Because the fact that we can think is actually very strange. Strange like the fact that we can dream is strange. And that's strange beyond belief that you can dream. Or that something in you dreams, which is a much better way of thinking about it, because it's not like you're really in control of your dreams. Of the wishes, of the wishes, of the wishes.
Make some noise, baby. Make sure you ask God for something important tonight. The thing is that we have been educated to use our minds in a certain way. A way that ignores or screens out the facts. Every one of us is an aperture through which the whole cosmos looks out. Every one of us is an aperture through which the whole cosmos looks out. You see, it's as if you had a light covered with a black ball. And in this ball were pinholes. And each pinhole is an aperture through which the light comes out. So in that way, every one of us is actually a pinhole through which the fundamental light, that is the existence itself, looks out. Only the game we're playing is uh, not to know this. To be only that little hole, which we call me, my ego, my specific John Joe, or whatever. <laughs> Every one of us is an aperture through which the whole cosmos looks out. Every one of us is an aperture. Through which the whole cosmos looks out. If we maintain at the same time, the sense of being this specific John Jones with his role in life, or whatever, and know also underneath this that we are the whole works, you get a very marvelous and agreeable arrangement. A most remarkable harmoniousness. I mean, it gives one's life a great sense of joy and exuberance. If you can carry on these two things at once. If you, in other words, you know that all the serious predicaments of life are a game. Every one of us is an aperture through which the whole cosmos looks out. Every one of us is an aperture through which the whole cosmos looks out. Every one of us is an aperture through which the whole cosmos looks out. Every one of us is an aperture through which the whole cosmos looks out. Hey, make some noise, M A Z. You beautiful aperture, you.
Look at you. Look at God. Look at God. Hi. Hi. Yeah, this is one of my favorites, baby. I hope you dig it. I wrote this with the ghost of Joseph Campbell one fine evening at the beginning of this year. I remember it well. Consciousness has other notions of how things are to be. What virtue is, and so on, and so on, and so on. One, One of the problems, the problems that man has to face is reconciling himself to the foundations of his own existence. And this is the first function of mythology. This is the first function of mythology. A reconciliation of consciousness with the mystery of being. This is the first function of mythology. Not criticizing it. Shakespeare, in his definition of art in Hamlet, where he said, art was a mirror up to nature. Is the perfect definition, I would say, of the first function of mythology. Of the first function of mythology. When you hold a mirror up to yourself, your consciousness becomes aware of its support. What it is, what it is, that is supposing it. You may be shocked at what you see. You may be greatly pleased. But one way or another, you become aware of yourself. Your consciousness becomes aware of that darkness, that being which came into being out of darkness and which is its own support. And this is the first function of mythology. This is the first function of mythology. That reconciliation of consciousness with the mystery of being. And this is the first function of mythology. Oh! And the realization of their mystery as something that consciousness is not going to be able to criticize, not even going to be able to elucidate, not even going to be able to name. It is something beyond naming, beyond all that's the first point. And when that is lost, one loses the sense of awe, which Goethe calls the best thing in man, the sense of gratitude for one's privilege of having this center of consciousness aware of these things. And this is the best function of mythology. This is 
Church of Meaning, raise your hands to the ceiling. What a beautiful feeling. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Joseph Campbell right there. Make some noise! Hey. One, one, one. Is free. One is free. One is free to live as a human being. The point I want to make is this. What? That all of these divine interpretations of local law, of local social orders, are simply cooked up. They're not true. The society has changed with time. These are functions of conditions. Geography and history. One must realize that the moral order is in flux, is changing. There is no God-given right, wrong, true, false, moral, immoral. And with that kind of relativism, one is free to live as a human being. One is free. Hey. One is free to live as a human being. One is free. Hey. 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 One is free. Hey. Hey. To live as a human being, not simply as a robot repeating patterns that have been enforced in the past. In the past. So we have a much more sophisticated idea towards the social order. However, when it comes to this other problem of the natural order, one's nature as man, the thing is not quite so relativistic. One is free. 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 To live as a human being. One is free. Hey. One is free. Hey. One is free. Hey. One is free to live as a human being. One is free. One is free to live as a human being. One is free. 
You feel that? You feel that swoosh? That swoosh, baby, that means it's real. This, I submit, is the freedom hey. of real education. Hey. Of learning how to be well-adjusted. You get to consciously decide. You get to consciously decide what has meaning. What does it? What has meaning? What does it? You get to consciously decide what has meaning. What has meaning? 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 Hey! You get to decide what to worship. Because here's something else that's weird but true. In the day-to-day trenches of adult life, there is actually no such thing as atheism. There is no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. The only choice we have is what to worship. And the compelling reason for maybe choosing some sort of God or spiritual type thing to worship, be it JC or Allah, be it Yahweh or the Wiccan Mother Goddess, or the Four Noble Truths, or some inviolable set of ethical principles, is that pretty much anything else you worship will eat you alive. If you worship money and things, if they are where you tap real meaning in life, then you will never have enough. Never feel you have enough. It's the truth. Worship your own body and beauty and sexual allure, and you will always feel ugly. And when time and age start showing, you will die a million deaths before they finally plant you. On one level, we all know this stuff already. It's been codified as myths, proverbs, cliches, epigrams, parables. The skeleton of every great story has meaning. Yeah. And what, what does, does it? You get to constantly decide what, what has meaning. Hey. And what, what does it? You get to constantly decide what has meaning. What has meaning? 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 The whole trick is keeping the truth up front in daily consciousness. Worship power, you will end up feeling weak and afraid. And you will need ever more power over others to numb you to your own fear. Worship your intellect, being seen as smart, you will end up feeling stupid, a fraud, always on the verge of being found out. Look, the insidious thing about these forms of worship is not that they're evil or sinful. It is that they are unconscious. They are default settings. They're the kind of worship you just gradually slip into. Day after day, 
getting more and more selective about what you see and how you measure value without ever being fully aware that that's what you're doing. so-called real world will not discourage you from operating on your default settings because the so-called real world of men and money and power comes merrily along on the fuel of fear and anger and frustration and craving and the worship of self our own present culture has harnessed these forces in ways that have yielded extraordinary wealth and comfort and personal freedom the freedom all to be lords of our own tiny skull-sized kingdoms. Alone at the center of all creation. This kind of freedom has much to recommend it. But of course there are all different kinds of freedom. And the kind that is most precious you will not hear much talked about much in the great outside world of wanting and achieving and displaying. The really important kind of freedom involves attention and awareness and discipline and being able truly to care about other people and to sacrifice for them over and over in myriad, heady little unsexy ways every day. That is real freedom. That is being educated and understanding how to think. The alternative is unconsciousness, the default setting, the rat race constant gnawing sense of having had and lost some infinite thing. I know that this stuff probably doesn't sound fun and breezy or grandly inspirational the way a commencement speech is supposed to sound. What it is, as far as I can see, is the capital T truth with a whole lot of rhetorical niceties stripped away. You are, of course, free to think of it whatever you wish. But please don't just dismiss it as some finger-wagging Dr. Laura sermon. None of this stuff is really about morality, or religion, or dogma, or big fancy questions of life after death. The capital T truth is about life before death. It is about the real value of a real education, which has almost nothing to do with knowledge, and everything to do with simple awareness. Awareness of what is so real and essential, so hidden in plain sight all around us all the time that we have to keep reminding ourselves over and over this is water 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 this is water. It's unimaginably hard to do this. To stay conscious and alive in the adult world. Day in and day out. Day in and day out, baby. Which means yet another grand cliche turns out to be true. Your education really is the job of a lifetime. And it commences now. Meaning. What has meaning? What has meaning? Hey. 
right there in the church of meaning what has meaning you get to consciously decide and you get to ask the question and you get to act as if God exists people often ask me do you believe in God I don't like that question first of all it's an attempt to box me in in a sense and the reason that it's an attempt to box me in is because the question is asked so that I can be firmly placed on one side of a of a binary argument. The reason I don't like to answer it is because A, I don't like to be boxed in, and B, because I don't know what the person means by believe or God. And they think they know. And the probability that they construe belief and construe God the same way I do is virtually zero. It's a question that doesn't work for me on multiple levels of analysis. But strangely enough, just as we were talking, the answer to that question popped into my head. I act as if God exists. whether that means that I believe in him, so to speak. But I act as if he exists. Then with regards to these other issues, the divinity of Christ, I would say the same problems with the question formulation of pain. What do you mean by divine? And also, what do you mean by Christ? These are very, very difficult questions. Now, I believe that the Logos is divine. If by divine you mean of ultimate value, of ultimate transcendent value, yes, it's divine. It's associated with death and rebirth. I act as if God exists because the Logos dismantles you and rebuilds you.
physiological transformations. What's the ultimate extent of that? That's a good question. What happens to the world around you as you increasingly embody the logos? We don't know. We don't know. I act as if God exists. Ones have grown out of myth. 
They are founded on myths. And what these myths have given has been inspiration for aspiration. Now, where do these aspirations come from? They come from a very wonderful, childlike thing. Fascination. You know, if you wanted to make money today, I'm no economist, but I'll bet the thing to do would be to invest your money in something like cameras. Things that people play with. Things that they're fascinated by. These fascinations are the creations of new activities. And when we looked at the old cultures, we can see. Oh, oh, oh. Cultures have grown out of myths. I said, oh, cultures, they are bounded on myths. And what these myths have given has been inspiration for aspiration. What is most fascinating to begin with is one's neighbor, particularly if the neighbor is a very strange-looking creature. Now think of man in the old days. He was a minority on the planet, and when he looked at his neighbors, they had four feet, they had horns, they had great woolly bodies. They were very strange playmates. Furthermore, he was eating six of them, and they were rather dangerous. He had to arrange some kind of arrangement with his neighbor. And we know that the first religious rites and the first religious address, so to say, was to animals, their neighbors. These were the images of God. Oh, oh, oh. Cultures have grown out of myths. I said, oh, cultures, they are founded on myths. And what these myths have given has been inspiration for aspiration. Aspiration, yeah. The animal world was the first inspiration. And the divinities were animal divinities. And not only that, but just as kids, when they identify with something, when they are fascinated by something, they they play it. So the original rituals, the hunting people, dance buffalo dance, they were in covenant with the animal world. That through this covenant, the animals gave their bodies willingly to be eaten. Because only the body dies, the being comes back. If you return the blood of the animal to the earth, the life is in the blood. The earth is the mother of life, and the animal will be back next year. Oh, oh, oh. Cultures have grown out of myths. I said, oh, cultures, they are founded on myths. And what these myths have given has been inspiration. the tropics where nature was a plant world they saw something else they saw that out of rot out of decay there comes life there comes life and this notion that out of death comes life becomes a very important thing 
around you all the time. And so then the question is, is there a way of being that increases the probability 
Rockies. Well, that doesn't seem to be a particularly provocative proposition.
answers that he's God. Nobody accuses him of blasphemy or of being insane. They say simply, congratulations, at last you found out. They don't immediately request a miracle. If we get across someone who says, I'm God or I'm Jesus Christ, they say what they said to Jesus Christ in the first place. Come on, look at these stones, be made bread. And you know, he used to wangle out of it by saying, your wicked and deceitful generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given. The Hindu would say, but there is no point in changing it. It's going the way I want it to anyhow. Only really and truly, this idea of God the technician, but rather the power of omnipotence. The power of omnipotence. The power of omnipotence is not to be able to do anything, but to be doing all things. Whatever it is that's going on. record of the night let's bring back to the stage my friend and yours Dr. Jeremy Peterson meaning wave life on the idea of God so there's a line in the New Testament where Christ says that no one comes to the Father except through him which is a hell of a thing for anyone to say. I am the way and the truth and the life. That's another one. Here's the idea. It's as if there's a spirit at the bottom of things that is involved in the bringing to being of everything. People talk about evolution as a random process, but that's not true. The mutations are random. 
<laughs> That's God. And that was Mini Wave Live. On the idea of God. Yo, God bless. <laughs> God bless. All of you all being here tonight. For this special occasion. You know, it's always a special occasion when we get together. Somehow we do that. Somehow we make sure it's always a special occasion when we get together. No matter what we're doing, and tonight it was the Church of Meaning. Hey, beautiful feeling here at the Church of Meaning. Raise your hands to the ceiling and say, Make some noise for yourselves, Phil Killer. 3644 says Meany Wave Baptism, that's right. That's right, baby. I want to thank everyone who's been locked in tonight. And thank everyone who's supported tonight. Welcome to the channel BBZZ. Thank you, Prince Shabriquis. Thank you, In Madness Lies Sanity. Thank you, Matthew Fauci. Thank you, Pizio Cat. And thank you, Mike Bessis, for your support. Without that support, these shows do not occur. So everyone else, make some noise for those people. God bless them. Aye. Just out everyone who's inquiring about my neck slash shoulder. That shit still hurt, but uh, you know, we're working on it. That's just what happens, baby. One day in 2012, I followed a fox and got strung upside down off of a fence. And ever since, sometimes I wake up and my neck is bored. I don't know what happens, baby. I just be asleep and some weird shit happens. I wake up with a broken neck. But we still get after it regardless. It don't matter. We get after it. So shout out to everyone who's been locked in. Thank you, everyone who's been supporting. Remember, if you want to support the wave, you know what to do. You know what to do. You go to MeanyWave.com, you can get yourself an ill shirt like this one. You can get yourself a bunch of ill shirts like this one, or like other ones. You can join the channel and you can get down with all your homies and drop all them purple wave emojis and things of that nature. You can go to Patreon and become a patron. Get your name on the next album. You can go to Spotify and rack up them playlists. You can go to Bandcamp and download all these epic records. You can smash that like, you can share that link, you can tweet somebody, you can go on somebody's Instagram and write in really big capital letters, hashtag Meaning Wave exists! You can go to one of them fake NBA games where they got the cardboard cutouts. You could disguise yourself as a cardboard cutout and then right at a pivotal moment you could jump out and say, hey! Hey, tall, privileged people, which are tall, privileged. Meaning Wave exists. You know, you could go to one of them soccer games. You could streak at halftime, and when they try to wrestle you to the ground, you could scream at the top of your lungs. Meaning Wave exists. Ask God. You could sit down at the side of your bed at night, and you could say, yo, God. 
How can I let the world best? How can I best let the world the meaning wave know? <laughs> how can I best let the world know the meaning wave exists? I think you'll get an answer. Pretty quick. So maybe that's what you should do tonight, baby. If you want to support the wave, you should sit down on the side of your bed and ask God how best you can let the world know that meaning wave exists. Yeah, you can. And of course you can join me. I'm here every time the clock hits seven on the, in the morning. I'm here on Twitch. In the evening on YouTube. You can be here too. You know them vibes got to be regulated. And if we don't do it, who's going to do it? And of course you can always join me for a bye five. And afterwards you can come on down to Meaning Wave Radio 24-7. We're about to switch up the vibes over there so you can come join me. Okay. Three, two, one. Bye five, baby. Bye five, bye five. If you want to keep the party going, head over to Meaning Wave Radio 24 7. It's the other stream on the channel. We got two. Hey, why not? We got the technology and we got the, uh, the vibes. Why not make it happen? Thank you for being here, brothers and sisters. Get after it. Well, you got to get after it.